Similar to a well-tuned automobile, a guitar requires the same level of attention to perform at its very best. No matter how expensive your guitar may be, we will treat you and your instrument with the utmost respect. Call 920-723-1733 or visit jeffsguitar.com. Jeff's Guitar Clinic in Ford Atkinson, we love guitars. The attorneys at Jingris, Thompson & Walks have had the honor of receiving numerous awards for their work both in and outside the courtroom. But just as important as receiving accolades for being skilled attorneys, it's equally important to give back to the community in which they live and work. If you want a personal attorney that can help you in so many different areas, they've got them. They're in Eau Claire, Madison, Milwaukee, and Waukesha. They're easy to reach. GTWlawyers.com. That's GTWlawyers. Welcome to another podcast at SliceOffice.com brought to you by Madison Teachers Incorporated, Madison Firefighters Local 311, and the Operating Engineers Local 139. Joining us now, Dane County Sheriff Dave Mahoney. Joining us now, Dane County Sheriff Dave Mahoney. As we record this podcast, it is his last day on the job as Dane County Sheriff that he was elected to in November of 2006. Sheriff, good morning. Good morning, Sly. It's great to join you on this last day. So I'll never forget when I found out you were running for sheriff, calling you and telling you that I was on board. And what a what a wild ride it has been over these last years. It sure has. You know, I, I hearken back, and last night I was thinking about that gathering we had at your place uh, with Senator Feingold, and we just packed the house and packed the yard, and, and we had uh, the Cajun food uh, brought in. Man, was that a great Oh, oh John, John Russo's in the New Orleans takeout, sure. Yeah, yeah. we sure did, and. And it was a it was a great evening and a great kickoff for this the past fourteen years as Dane County Sheriff. Well, I had today, you know, today I, I wrap up a total of forty one years of law enforcement. It's hard wow. to believe. Yeah, well, let's let's go back to the beginning because you got your start, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in the Black Earth Police Department. Is that correct? Cross Cross Plains. Cross I Plains. Actually, I knew it was out there somewhere. Yeah, I was uh, I was dispatching to the city of Middleton Police Department and planning to go to nursing school when the chief Dave Steingraber at the time encouraged me to th- to uh, think about a career in law enforcement and I really had never ever thought about that and he kept prodding me and I filled out an application and uh, was offered a job in Cross Plains so I put school on the shelf for a little while and went to work for Cross Plains. The catch was. I was only 19 years old, and you had to be 21 to purchase a handgun. So I had to go home. My dad was traveling. I asked my mom if she'd go to the Castle Rock gun shop and buy a gun so that I could go to work. And <laughs> she did it. She did it. And, you know, my mom passed this past February, but I got that gun and uh, needed a lot. You Have you saved that gun over the years? Oh, you bet. Yeah. It, uh, we'll always have a special place. Were, your father's still alive, and again, condolences uh, about the loss of your mother. Uh, how much did your parents weigh in on your career in law enforcement? What did they think about that? Well, they, you know, they knew I was thinking about a career actually in nursing. That's what I wanted to be was a critical care emergency room nurse. 
And uh, then I came home to tell him I was going into law enforcement. And I think mom was definitely a little apprehensive about that career choice, as a mother of a 19-year-old would be. Um, but they supported me 150%. And uh, as you've seen over the years, particularly the last 14, as sheriff, they've been at every event. Uh, my dad, who's 93 years old, was the, the manager of the sign campaign. He put up all the 4 by 8 signs around the county, and, and uh, it really has been a family affair. So, so, and when you say family affair, you know, I, I don't think people that are not involved with law enforcement understand the price that families of people that are in law enforcement pay. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it impacts everybody. And here's why it's, it's that unique, uh, it's that unique position in society where you're expected to do the job no matter what. And, uh, very as my as my boys were growing up as they were being born they realized that thanksgiving didn't always fall on thanksgiving because dad was working christmas didn't fall on the 25th of december fell on whatever days dad had off and birthdays and etc and you know those of us the men and women who have made the commitment to serve others before themselves as american law enforcement officers we know what we're getting into. We know that one day we may have to put our life on the line for the citizens that we serve. It just goes with the job that you know that. But our families just go along on the roller coaster ride. And uh, that was, it was one of the reasons I'm, I'm leaving. You know, the protests that occurred on my front lawn um, took a great toll on my wife. And... Uh, and so as we were discussing the next phase of, of uh, life, I was planning to retire uh, this year, um, and uh, we moved it up a little bit because I'm going to work for um, a great company here in Madison that gives back uh, a great deal, um, and it's American Family Insurance. And I'm very fortunate uh, and very honored to be joining their, their project. Let's let's go back a minute. Uh, so you started in Cross Plains. Your mom bought you your first gun. How did yeah. you end up working for the Dane County Sheriff's Department? Well, I, I actually got recruited in, in month nine of my career at Cross Plains. A young deputy by the name of Steve Gilmore, who retired from the Sheriff's Office as a lieutenant, um, encouraged me to fill out an application. And I did. Uh, went in for an interview, and there were two of us. One. Uh, one for traffic department, one for uh, the sheriff's office. We decided amongst ourselves which which one would take which, so that we weren't competing against each other. And we both got jobs. One one with traffic, and I got it with the sheriff's office. And of course, a year later, the two two agencies merged into the Dane County Sheriff's Office. Tell us about the man that hired you, uh, the the late Bill Ferris, whose uh, widow, by the way, passed away the other day. Yeah, uh, just this week. Yeah. Uh, tell, tell us about the man that hired you and the impact he had on your view of policing. You know, Bill Ferris was a very progressive thinking uh, leader in our Dane County community. And he ran for the office of sheriff. He ran against Jack Leslie, who was a well 
ingrained uh, old-time cop here in, in Madison. He was a former Madison police officer uh, during the protests and uh, ran for sheriff and served uh, a number of terms. And then in 1973, he ran against Bill Ferris, and Bill beat him um, on a progressive agenda to, to reform uh, the sheriff's office and the impact they had had during the Vietnam-era protests down on campus. Um, and so I remember being interviewed by Bill and, and being asked questions about um, social justice and many of the same issues we're dealing with as a society today. And so I was very honored to, to be hired by him, uh, although it was a very short period because he died in office uh, from a severe case of, of cancer. So uh, there were a series of sheriffs that then got appointed, uh, and you decided to run for sheriff in 2006 uh, when Gary Hamblin was, announced his retirement. Uh, you had been in, in charge of the union. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that all happened. Sure. Well, as, as you mentioned, there have been a number of sheriffs uh, before myself, as, as I just mentioned, I was hired by Bill Ferris. Um, when he died in office, Tommy Thompson was the governor, and, and he appointed Jerry Lakey, who was the uh, superintendent of the Wisconsin State Patrol. Um, uh, Lakey served a number of Oh, years. actually, it was, it was Lee Dreyfus that appointed him, Lakey. Was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that was... Because that was uh, eighty one, so yeah, or right around eighty eighty one. That was uh, that was uh, Lee Dreyfus. Well, that and uh, so that began the process of Republican appointed right. sheriffs. Right, and uh, Ferris ran as as a Democrat, and that becomes relevant when we talk about my campaign in two thousand six. So Governor Dreyfus appointed uh, Jerry Lakey. He stepped down midterm, um, and Tommy Thompson was was our governor, and he appointed Rick Ramish. And Rick had grown up within the sheriff's office, uh, was a detective. I worked with him in the detective bureau for a number of years. And while working for the sheriff's office, he went to law school at UW-Madison. And uh, he eventually left the sheriff's office to join the Dane County DA's office served a number of years there, and then went to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Wisconsin. And that's where he was tapped to uh, come in and serve as Dane County Sheriff. And he served a number of years and stepped down midterm. And uh, Governor Thompson appointed Gary Hamlin, who was a director at the Wisconsin Department of Justice Division of Criminal Investigation. Gary stepped into that office and, again, served for a number of years until he announced his retirement effective 2006. So I had grown up in the department. I was a, a detective, um, served in a number of positions within the detective bureau, and then I was a union president, both at the local level representing the deputies, and then I was elected the state president of the Wisconsin Professional Police Association, representing all the uh, members across the state of Wisconsin. And at the same time, was elected as a uh, vice president of the National Association of Police Organizations, representing 
law enforcement unions and their members across the United States. So in 2006, when Gary announced he was going to retire, um, I decided that it was time to step up and make the changes that I had hoped to see and to take on that that role. And so I ran as the first Democrat uh, sheriff since 1973. Um, and, you know, I reached out to many of the contacts I had in the community that I had developed um, over my career as a a member of the sheriff's office, and we were very successful. If you remember that night, you know, I had a primary, um, or I had a, uh, yeah, yeah, a primary uh, against uh, another director over at the uh, Department of Justice, uh, Robbie Lowry, and uh, we won pretty significantly in the primary election, and then I went into the general election running against a uh Madison police officer from uh, Madison Police Department, uh, Mike Hansen, whose father was a career law enforcement officer, Ralph Hansen, over at UW Police. And I was successful in that that, uh, race as well. And today, uh, you know, I retire after 14 and a half years as Dane County Sheriff and as the longest serving Dane County Sheriff since the county was originated in 1839. The next longest serving sheriff was nine years. So tell us a little bit about the changes that you wanted to make. And then as you got into the office, I'm sure you realized there were more changes you wanted to make. Tell us about that. Well, you know, we were a very militaristic, top-down decision-making organization in 2006. And it was just the culture of law enforcement that had carried through. And I really wanted to empower and engage the staff to be more involved in decisions within the sheriff's office and the decisions made that impacted the citizens uh, that we served. And and so I began the process of changing the culture of the organization. In 2006, as an example, we had a policy manual that told you what day of the year you could put on a short sleeve shirt. But yet we, we train and we equip our law enforcement officers. We provide them with a handgun to go out and potentially have to make such a critical decision. But yet the rule book dictates when you wear a short sleeve. I want to put an end to that. And law enforcement officers to make decisions and make the right decisions based upon the circumstances, and to develop a, uh, a model of leadership that our citizens could be proud of. And we've done that. It's still a work in progress, but we've accomplished that. Um, but there's a lot of work to be done. Um, building relationships and building trust in the community, uh, building legitimacy for the profession of law enforcement in some communities, um, you know, to defund the police and today, defund the police and, you know, dismantle police departments. But in fact, the first thing law enforcement leaders need to do is establish the core fundamental legitimacy of the profession and then build relationships of trust. Um, because if you have those 
relationships when a critical incident occurs um, it, you can work through them much better than if you've never reached out extended a hand and built out a, re, a relationship with communities and that in the in the wake of uh, George Floyd um, there's much work yet to be done on that and uh, the next sheriff will have have some hurdles to overcome to uh, to build those relationships We'll be right back with another segment of talking to Dave Mahoney, Dane County Sheriff, here at Sly'sOffice.com. I want to thank all the labor unions here in Dane County that help keep Sly'sOffice.com up and going so you keep up to date. Whether it be the Madison Firefighters, Local 311, or the Madison Teamsters, Local 695, or our friends at Madison Teachers Incorporated. These are some of the most active local unions who organize, 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 and constantly stand up for workers. Thank you from Sly'sOffice.com. When you're looking for a new computer or need help with one you already own, call 231-8000 and Madison Computer Works will get things up and running for you. Madison Computer Works, computers that work for you. So Dave Mahoney, tell me uh, a little bit about what's changed in, in your department that you're most proud of, uh, including the building of a new jail? Well, I'm most proud of our people. Um, you know, we, we put a lot of time and effort into making sure that the right men and women enter the profession with the Dane County Sheriff's Office. And I have every, every trust uh, of our deputies that they are the men and women of character that our community wants and that they reflect the priorities of our communities. Um, I am most proud of that. But we've made much progress in addressing issues within underrepresented communities to address the disproportionate incarceration numbers of people of color. Uh, We've worked, for the first time, we've established working groups with the other partners in the criminal justice system, where historically we, we each worked within our individual silos, but never worked together. And today we, we have a model uh, that is being used across the state and across the country uh, on building collaborative relationships. Um, and one of the next things I'm most proud of is the fact that we're probably going to put an end to that inhumane antiquated 1953 era jail above the city county building. Um, It has bothered me my entire 41 year career on how we incarcerate our neighbors and the people within our community. Um, In many ways, we exacerbate the conditions that they suffer from and there's no, no means by which to address the core reasons they're coming into the system. And so we have worked very, very hard, um, much longer than, than the 14 years I've been sheriff. But over the last 14 years, we put together a, a plan. We've got uh, a model of the building that we're going to build. And it's going to be state-of-the-art, and it's going to solve many of the issues in the criminal justice system that feed a continued um, level of incarceration and engagement for many in the system. And we hope to bring that to an end with this new model. And and when is that building slated to be built? Well, about this time next year, they'll put a, put a shovel in the ground 
and then it's three years following that. So, and and where off. exactly is it going to go? It's going to go in the back parking lot of the uh, public safety building along Wilson Street, and uh, it'll take up a good portion of that area between the courthouse and the apartment building on Carroll Street, and uh, go up about nine stories, but be within the capital region height restrictions. Um, and it will house a, a medical unit and some special housing for uh, people suffering from mental illness. Um, it will also provide some programming space to address uh, addiction, uh, which is a leading cause of incarceration, um, as well as uh, programming for parenting and literacy and in our high school within the jail. It's little little known secret that there's actually a full-time high school within the Dane County Jail staffed by two Madison Metropolitan School District teachers. Really? And uh, they have since I started in the Sheriff's Office. Matter of fact, our longest-serving teacher was here for 28 years. And uh, our next longest, uh, who is still here, uh, just started her 25th year. And uh, it speaks to the commitment of our educators and their desire to change the trajectory of people caught up within the criminal justice system. Um, I have great love and respect for our teachers. You know, were you surprised that there was this much pushback against getting rid of a, a jail that frankly was, you know, filled with asbestos and dangerous uh, parts that didn't work? Uh, lead, I mean, the whole panoply of bad things in that building, that there was such pushback uh, with this sort of doctrinaire notion that we don't need jails. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right. I, I thought here in Dane County, when we played out and we showed the community the fact that cell doors were, were stuck and you couldn't let people out of their cells for I think the longest was five hours as we dismantled the cell, as we feared that some catastrophe could occur and an individual would die in jail. And those same issues still occur today. The fact that the water that the inmates in that building drink is, is above the uh, EPA's accepted standard of lead consumption. You know, in my mind, there should be no lead consumption, but um, we're... We're above the accepted level every day, but you don't hear people talking about how we need to end that. We, all we hear are the voices of the the uh, the small group who are no jail, and uh, that's unfortunate. So, tell me a little bit about you know the the modern day debate over policing, the George Floyd bill, uh, the whole. Derek Chauvin thing, um, and as you observe these critical incidents where use of force is used, um, do you have a sense of confidence that some of the problems we've seen in other places um, aren't really going to be a problem here? Yeah, you know, countywide, when you look at the two largest law enforcement agencies, uh, that being the Dane County Sheriff's Office and the Madison Police Department. I am very confident that you're not going to see an incident like what we saw uh, with George Floyd in Minneapolis. Um, not only did you have a 
morally bankrupt police officer placing his knee on the throat of a handcuffed and in, you know uh, individual who could not couldn't move much less fight back and then you had three police officers standing and watching I have every confidence that won't occur um, because of the values that are instilled in the people who work for our agencies um, but Every time one of these incidents occur, um, it impacts the profession for every man and woman in law enforcement across this entire nation. And that's why it's so important that deputies and officers and agents are watching their fellow, fellow law enforcement officers to make sure that they themselves are in the right mental state to be doing the job every day and the fact is this job does take a toll on you and it falls on us to make sure that our our partners are physically and mentally healthy to do this job and if they're not we need to intercede and get them the help that they need now whether that was the case with Chauvin or not um, you know his actions on that day changed law enforcement from that point forward across this nation um, and changed it to the, the fact that our legislative branches are looking at uh, law changes to change the policies and practices and training of law enforcement. And some of it is due. Some of it we should be doing. Um, it's unfortunate that it took this, this incident to make it happen. But we also need to make sure that the emotional and political draw to change does not dangerously impact the ability of law enforcement to do their job. What did you make of the Blake case in Kenosha? You know, as I looked, as I watched the video, I was, uh, you know, I was aghast at, at what I watched. Um, and that case has still got it still has to play out. Um, but I'm uh, uh, really, it, it and many others, Sly, have deeply impacted me personally uh, and, and, for, and reinforced to me the importance of wellness programs within our law enforcement agencies to make sure that our police officers over the length of their career are remaining healthy and and keeping a good perspective of the jobs that they are asked to do in their communities. So with the, the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, sometimes officers have to make a choice. For instance, in Columbus, Ohio, a couple of weeks ago, an officer, uh, you know, had to take the life of a woman who was charging another African-American woman with a knife. And there were protests immediately, but that seemed to simmer down quite quickly because had that officer not taken that intervention in that split second, um, an, you know, an, an innocent black woman would have been killed. Uh, so this is not simple stuff, is it? It's not. It's, it is very complicated, and it requires the very best that our communities have to offer when we, when we are talking about the men and women that enter this profession, 
not just anybody can walk in off the street and have the moral and ethical character and values to do this job. They just simply can't. And that's why leaders, chiefs and sheriffs and directors across this nation need to uh, just make a commitment to hiring the very best and only the best to do this job. Because in a split second, particularly in light of what is occurring across this nation right now, I am sure that that officer for a split second said, if I do this, what will the community think? What will the national television say? And that's a dangerous position to be in. You receive the training, you receive the equipment to make split-second decisions that are the right decisions. And when you hesitate, people lose their lives. And that officer acted appropriately um, in that circumstance to protect another human being. Unfortunately, that woman lost her life. But she acted out armed with a knife in an attempt to harm or take the life of another human being. And the actions of that officer not only impacted those families, but it impacted the family of that law enforcement officer. When you had to make the decision to go in front of the cameras last summer and say it is simply not safe to go to downtown Madison, uh, how did you determine to pick that moment? And what was, what was the final breaking point that, that caused you to have to do that? Well, the final breaking point was that, you know, I had every confidence in the Madison Police Department. Where the breaking confidence occurred was in the politicians that presumably tried to make law enforcement decisions for that department that were not in the best interest of our community. Um, when the decision was made to not intervene when 120-plus businesses lost their windows and lost merchandise to uh, individuals who were ransacking those businesses. Um, you know, that was a turning point for our community. Those, those types of things hadn't occurred since the 60s and 70s. And, 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 windows, and windows are still boarded up. They still are. And there are businesses that will remain boarded up because they will never open again. They lost everything they had invested in those businesses. And, you know, I walk down State Street and I touch base with every one of the businesses that I could access an owner at. And I felt their pain. I saw it. And I felt it in my bones when owners broke down to tell me that they lost everything they had and were going to close permanently. And that has an impact not only on those individuals, but on our community. Because State Street, that great street, is the Broadway of Madison. It is the welcoming point for all who come and visit and live within our community. It's a, one of the most prominent streets in the state. It is. And... You know, when when the second phase of the protests occurred and 
decision makers at City Hall referred to it as just a property loss. Those things can be repaired. They can be replaced. It got under my skin because our job is to protect those people, those businesses. Yeah, their lives were wrapped up in those businesses. And so the fact that I watch protests occur every night and burn barrels up on the Capitol Square, and um, I made the decision to inform our community that it wasn't safe coming downtown at night. Did you ever and think... We, did you ever think you'd see a, a state senator beat up out in front of the Capitol in, in front view of everyone? Absolutely not. And a state senator, senator that had the compassion for everyone that was out there protesting. Yeah, Tim Carpenter's a good man. You know, um, so I, I made that tough decision to inform our community because it's my role to keep our public safe but to tell them it wasn't safe coming downtown, man. So we couldn't, as law enforcement leaders, could not ensure your safety. And it was only after that was done that there was a wake-up call at City Hall. Finally, let me ask you about the man that will be replacing you. Who is it, and what is his background? So Governor Evers appointed uh, Kelvin Barrett, Kelvin is a, he originally came to Wisconsin via San Diego. Uh, he came here to go to school at UW Madison. He played Badger football uh, for the Badgers. He was defensive lineman and had a very distinguished career. Shortly after graduating from UW Madison, he went to Texas and taught taught school, but then came to, back to Madison to answer that call to service. Uh, that call of service to serve others before oneself, to compromise and, and uh, you know, make yourself and your family's needs secondary to that of the community. And he, he applied and joined the Dane County Sheriff's Office. And I swore him in as a deputy in his first uh, phase with our organization. He served a number of years and then moved over to the city of Sun Prairie Police Department and served as a patrol officer in the city of Sun Prairie for a number of years before he left Sun Prairie and moved over to Madison Area Technical College as a administrator in their criminal justice program. And so he applied for and was appointed by Governor Evers to be the 53rd Sheriff of Dane County. And I've been very fortunate to have him accept my invitation three weeks ago to come in and begin the transition so that it would be a smooth transition for uh, Sheriff Barrett. And I have every confidence that uh, he'll do a great job. He's Is it my, under, my understanding he most recently has been over at the uh, State Fair, West Dallas? He uh, maintained the certification by uh, uh, serving as a police officer at, at the Wisconsin State Fair Park Police and, uh, and then worked full-time for Madison Area Technical. Is there anything you'd like to tell us that you gave him for advice? Trust your people. Trust your people. We have trained them well. We've given them the equipment they need. Lead them, but trust them. They won't let you down. Well, I say this on behalf of uh, the 500,000 people that live in this county. Thank you. 
Thank you for what you did. You know, it's been a great career. I, because I reminisce today to, you know, being a 19-year-old wet behind the ear kid coming into this profession, uh, serving 41 years. It's gone by quick. A lot has changed. And uh, as I exit today at 4 o'clock, uh, my only hope is that I made a difference. That you did, my friend. Dane County Sheriff Dave Mahoney. Slycast, WIBAFM.com, and the iHeartRadio app. Sly'sOffice.com. Thanks a million. Bye-bye.